Thanks, Shelley. Some people uh, struggle to find hobbies, so they turn chores into hobbies. That's I'm one of those. I love doing the washing at home. It's fantastic. Going home to do a few loads today. Who's excited about that? Come on. It's going to be the best. Might have to go up and get a few different fabric softeners. That's the variety touch that you have when you do the hobby. Just the different... Anyway, it's, a, it's something you can know about. But other people uh, also turn chores into hobbies. They call it gardening. It's ordinary, though. I'm not a fan of gardening. The lawns, they're, they're okay. I'm fine with the lawns. But doing the rest of the gardening is ordinary. If you like it, you've got problems. But that's all right. You already think I do anyway. But... Uh, uh, gardening's no good, don't like it. Pull out the weeds, they just come back again. And so as a result, I'm not very good at it. Uh, remember a particular home we lived in uh, where uh, Kel would go out for a while, I'd give uh, pruning some of the trees or bushes out the back a bit of a go. Uh, and it turned from a bit like my haircut, from having hair to having nothing at all in the space of a couple of seconds. I'm not very good at it at all. But here's what I do, do know about gardening. If you pull the branch off the tree or the bush, it hasn't got long to live. Its days are numbered. That's pretty easy to understand, isn't it? You pull a branch off a tree, its days are numbered. As we come to this passage this morning, we get a bit of a lesson in gardening from Jesus himself. And the big idea is this. Stay joined to Jesus. Don't move. Stay strongly connected to him. Deeply and vibrantly connected and joined to him. That's the big idea today. So is that the end of the sermon? It could be, I suppose, but uh, I've got the mic. So we're staying here for a bit as we uh, dive into this passage together in John 15. So let me pray. If you've got some questions, you can ask them later. I'll answer a few. Slido.com, hashtags HBSP to ask a question. Let me pray and we'll dive aboard together. Heavenly Father, please be with us this morning as your word is open to us. Give us ears to hear and please give me the words to speak faithfully and clearly in a way that's interesting and that sticks in our minds so that we might go into this week ready to serve you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we continue Jesus' discussion with his mates, the disciple, disciples in the upper room, John 14 to 17. And we come across one of Jesus' famous I am statements. They run through the book of John. And he says, I am, and then fill in the gap at various different places in the Gospel of John. Here, though, Jesus calls himself... The true vine. Look at verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Well, there it is. A strange saying. Jesus as a vine. What does this mean? When Jesus says, I am the vine, I mean, obviously, this is a, a metaphor. It's not saying he's really an actual vine, of course. That's how we read the Bible. But there's more to it than that. For those in the room with Jesus, in the upper room on that day, this would have been a very significant statement, perhaps more significant than we at first realise. This is more than just a statement about gardening. This is a statement about the past. On at least nine occasions in the Old Testament of the Bible, God describes his people Israel as a vine. And on each of those occasions... The metaphor of Israel being a vine is used to show that they are not producing the fruit that they should. And as a result, God will judge them as the nation of Israel. 
And so as Jesus says here, when, when he says here that he is the true vine, he is saying he is the true Israel. The one faithful Israelite. What the nation of Israel could not do in being disobedient towards God throughout their existence in the Old Testament, Jesus himself can do. He will stand as the one true Israelite. He is the true vine. And just as in the Old Testament, his father is the gardener. He goes on to say, of course, in this analogy that he uses, that the vine has various branches attached to it. And the branches, of course, are the people. And if you know the Lord Jesus today, you can call yourself one of the branches as well. Those who are connected to Jesus. And this is why you see in the New Testament, don't you, uh, uh, the people who belong to Jesus being described as the true Israelites, the true people of God. If Jesus is the one true Israelite, then all those who are connected to him are true Israelites as well, with the adverted commas around it. Israel is not a, a nation and a state. Israel is the people of God, according to the scriptures. And again, we see here in this image that Jesus is the vine, the Father is the vine dresser, and the key for the people of God is to connect to the vine, connect to Jesus. And as they do, they will bear fruit. Look at verse 2. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Well, there are two groups here, aren't there? There's a, a group that is, uh, uh, one group is not bearing fruit. And so the, the group that's not bearing fruit is cut off. And we see in verse 6 is thrown into the fire and burned. On the other hand, there are those who do bear fruit. And those who do bear fruit, even they are cut a bit or they're pruned. Now, I don't know, like I said, much about gardening, but I do know this. Pruning is different to chopping off the branch entirely. Chop off the branch entirely, it's cut from its source of vitality and life, it can't grow. But pruning's chopping off the end. Why? So that it might grow stronger in the future, produce more fruit. And this is what Jesus says here the ones who do bear fruit will be pruned in order that they might produce more fruit. And so the, the first group received judgment. For not bearing the fruit. The second group. Do not bear judgment. But if you like. Discipline. As God cuts the plant. Cuts the branches. Why? So that they might be more fruitful. So here's the story of this passage. Jesus is the vine. The father is the vine dresser. We are the branches if we belong to the Lord Jesus. And you and I need to know. That if we belong to the Lord Jesus. We are to be bearing fruit. This is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. This will show us to be Christians, as this passage describes in verse 8. And all of this happens as we connect ourselves vitally to the vine, the Lord Jesus. Now, I wonder if you hear these words as being difficult. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, there will come times in your life 
where for the betterment of you and for the people around you, the Lord God will, if you like, cut and prune you in order to produce more fruit. This is how a loving father disciplines his children in order that they might do what verse 16 says, bear fruit and fruit that will abide, fruit that will last. Well, how does this happen? How is it that the father will prune his people? Well, verse 3 describes it for us, doesn't it? Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. The word clean here almost doesn't make sense, does it? It sort of doesn't fit in a gardening mentality. But the word clean way back in the the Greek uh, language is the way in which they describe some of that pruning exercise. He's saying to his disciples in the room and, and to us as well, we've already been cleaned, we've already been pruned. Why? Because of the word I have spoken to you. It is the word of Jesus, the word that we are to hold to, as chapter 14 verse 21 said last week. The word cuts us, lays us bare and prunes us. The reading of the word of God provokes us and changes us and moulds us and transforms us. It is the word of Jesus, the word of God that comes from the Father, chapter 14, verse 24. It's this word that will prune us and produce more fruit in our lives. See, the word of God is like a fire. The word of God is like a fire. There's various things a fire can do, isn't there? All sorts of different things a fire can do. A fire can refine gold. Take the impurities out of it and make it purer and purer gold. And the same fire can be used to warm your feet on a cold night. Different purposes, same fire. And in the same way, the word of God is like this. The word of God has the power to refine us, to remove from us the impurities that we might be the people that God would want us to be. And it also has the ability to warm our feet, to encourage us and to Give us what we need to get on each day. But in 2023, I suspect we like one of these more than the other. We love the idea of hearing from the word of God and having our feet warmed. We love that. We love the idea of it encouraging us and and uplifting us and inspiring us and giving us something to go into the week with because life is hard. And the Word of God does do that. But when it gets a bit tough and we're challenged by the Word of God and we're asked to take those things in our heart that we love and put them aside or shape them away or take the sacred cows in our life and slay them so that they might be removed or or when the status quo is challenged, we don't like that. We don't like it being refining to us. But this will not do. The word of God must do both of these things. Warm us and refine us. We must not like one and not the other. But as we come Sunday by Sunday, midweek by midweek, daily by, day by day, we must read the word of God, ready to encourage and inspire and warm our hearts, but also refine us. This is how God will prune us in order that we might bear more fruit. And yet, as this passage says, 
As we read the word of God and as the word of God is open, maybe week by week, maybe day by day, some will appear over time to find that they're not attached to the vine at all. They're actually dead wood. There is no fruit that comes because they're not actually connected to the vine of Jesus Christ. And this brings into uh, sharp focus for us the, the doctrine we often can talk about, about the the church militant versus the church triumphant. Or another way of talking about that is the, the church as we see it on earth and the church as God sees it in heaven. Because it's true to say that not all who attend a church or call themselves Christian are necessarily connected to the vine, the Lord Jesus. See, sometimes... We can find that those who attend church regularly or call themselves Christians or perhaps both have got into a great habit over the years of mimicking other branches but not actually producing fruit of their own and fruit that will last. So hear this. Belonging to a church, calling yourself a Christian is not the same as being connected to the vine, Jesus Christ. And it will not result in bearing fruit. So connect yourself to the vitality source. To the Lord Jesus himself. Come to him. And as you do, you will see over time that you will bear fruit as he promises to do in your life. But that bears the question, doesn't it? What is the fruit here that Jesus is actually talking about? Well, as we've gone through this section of the upper room already, we've already been able to see that the fruit that will be born in the lives of the disciples of Jesus is the same fruit that Jesus himself bore. Remember back to chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and even greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Those who know Jesus, those who are plugged into the vitality source, will uh, replicate what Jesus has done in this world. Uh, we will reflect Jesus in personality, perhaps, that's true, but we will continue the mission of Jesus. We will bring about his mission in the world. The purpose of love that we see in verse 13 of our, our present chapter, greater love has no one than this. That someone lays down his life for his friends. This is what Jesus did. Laid down his life in order to bring forgiveness, new and eternal life. And the greater works that the disciples will do is to bring that new life. As people put their trust in the Lord Jesus. See the vine that God the Father is growing <coughs> is indeed a growth factory. The fruit is growing people. Growing more people who will be grafted into the vine. Growing people in the vine itself so that they will produce more and more fruit. The fruit that comes from this vine is not just a morality. That can be mimicked. Aussies in 2023 are pretty nice people, aren't they? If you meet people down the street, they're generally pretty nice. They hold to the love your neighbour as yourself mentality that perhaps we hold to. So what's the difference between us and them? Well, it's, it's not about morality, but mission. 
Jesus says here in all of this section, you will do greater works than I have done. You will obey my commandments, chapter 14, verse 15. You will desire to listen to my word, chapter 14, verse 23. And all of this will come as you abide or remain in Jesus. So let me ask you, what are you doing to abide or remain in Jesus? How would you answer that question? What are you doing to abide or remain in Jesus? Secondly, the, the second question we may ask, how is the word of God that prunes and shapes us, that we are to be devoted to, as we saw last week, how does this word shape our lives? As you look back over your life, perhaps just look back over the last five to ten years, can you see that your life is now more like Jesus and his mission than it was previously? Can you see that you are more prayerful, more focused on the mission of Christ, more desirous for the lost, more desiring that others would grow in their relationship with Jesus and therefore bear more fruits? Or is it not the case for you over the last five to ten years? Now it's true to say, isn't it? That over the last 12 years in my time in ministry here, it's been great to see so many of you draw close to Jesus and grow, bear fruit in other people's lives. And to be a spectator watching on as God does his work in you, pruning you, shaping you, changing you and bearing more fruit in the lives of others. Well, that's a wonderful and, and brilliant thing. Something to give thanks to God for as this fruit is born in our lives that will last into eternity. But do not rest on your laurels. Continue to be connected to the vitality source, to Jesus himself. Abide and remain in him. Do you notice the language that Jesus uses in this passage? We ourselves as the branches do not produce the fruit or even grow the fruit. We simply just bear the fruit. It's an entirely passive operation, isn't it? As we connect ourselves to Jesus, the fruit will naturally be born in our life. But I know that we can be distracted from the main game. I know that we can find it hard to connect ourselves to Jesus. I know even as a minister of the gospel set aside for full-time ministry to serve you and God that it can be easy to be distracted by other things rather than being connected to Jesus. We can desire, can't we, that the church services are so wonderful that new people will be welcomed in, that we'll enjoy them. Nothing wrong with that, but it can be a distraction. We can debate doctrine. They're wonderful things to do and so we should. The truth is important, but they can be a distraction. We can talk about politics and how we're going to make the world a better place or we can complain that others are talking about politics or whatever the case may be and thinking that that's going to fix it and that's just a distraction too. All of these things are good. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but, but they can be a distraction from connected to Je being connected to Jesus. What's most important is that we connect to him. Sometimes we can assume our connection to him. 
And when we start to assume our connection to him, then we will make other things the most important. And we will forget that we are here to connect to Jesus and, by, and as a result bear fruit in him. So let me ask you again. What are you doing to remain or abide in Jesus? How is your word, how is his word shaping your lives? Well, we're told here in verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These words were first spoken to the disciples in the room. He appointed them as the apostles. Nevertheless, we are also given throughout the pages of the New Testament the same charge to bear fruit and fruit that will last. And we're also told in the pages of the New Testament that Jesus, that the Lord God has chosen us to belong to him. In another place, John says this, we love because he first loved us. All of this starts with the vitality of the vine to whom we need to connect because he has first loved us. Well, finally, I want you to see the privilege that comes with belonging to the vine. Four quick things as we finish. Number one, when we pray to, the, our, uh, when we pray to our Heavenly Father, he hears us. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We saw a couple of weeks ago in chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, that this is not a free hit to ask for whatever you want, as if we'll have a car park of Ferraris outside when we finish the service. This is prayer to be on about the greater work that Jesus has set us apart for. And he says, when you ask for anything in that regard, I will give it to you. But what a wonderful privilege it is. Being connected to the vine means that we can ask and it will be heard by our Heavenly Father. Secondly, the privilege of belonging to the vine is that we have inside knowledge of the Father. Look at verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. Because we are connected to Jesus, what the Father has told the Son, the Son mentions to us. What a great privilege to have inside knowledge of the Father. Thirdly, the privilege of belonging to the vine is that we are friends. We're not just mere servants of the King Jesus, we are his friends, as verse 15 teaches us. What a wonderful title to be bestowed upon us as members of the vine. And then finally, the privilege of the vine is that we might have joy, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. These disciples are about to be told, as we'll see next week, that they will be hated by the world. They've just been told as well that they will be pruned along the way by the word of God. Doesn't sound like a wonderful process. Nevertheless, this is to express joy in their lives because they are connected to the life source, Jesus Christ himself. And so today, brothers and sisters, Renew your life to be connected to the Lord Jesus. Understand that there can be many distractions in life. But most important is that we connect ourselves to him. That we love the Lord Jesus because he has first loved us. And then watch. 
as the Lord God provides and bears fruit in your life, in the lives of other people, and in the lives of those around you. Well, before we pray, you might like to ask a question. Uh, You can do that at Slido. The instructions are on here. I'm going to give you 90 seconds or so to do it, and we'll be back together. Alright, a couple of quick questions. Thank you for asking them. Uh, If you've got others, please keep asking them on the way through. Uh, If we are worried someone has detached themselves, what can we do? Um, uh, The answer is, uh, always the answer is that uh, it's a connection to the words of Jesus. He says in last week's passage, uh, in verse 23, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him. And make our home with him. Um, the key to being connected to Jesus is the word of God. That's the ab- absolute key. And so it's essential that we connect ourselves to the word of God. Uh, and it's, it's in the way that we accept that word. Uh, so if we uh, push, push aside the word of God, it will show, uh, show that we're actually a, a dead branch. But we need to continue to humbly submit ourselves to God's word. Uh, and when you can do that... Uh, then you'll find yourself that, that, that that's the nature of being connected to the vine. The next question is kind of the same. I feel like maybe I'm a dead branch. How do I get connected to the vine? Um, remember that it's about loving Jesus, which expresses itself in loving his word and listening to his commands. That's what it looks like. And so um, uh, continue to do that. Uh, that's that's uh, what he asks us to do. Uh, what is the fruit that I need to, to grow? Does that include the fruit of the Spirit, peace, patience, God? I think that's a different, uh, a different analogy that Paul's using in that regard. I think in this context, it's the fruit of people, the fruit of replication, uh, replicating people, so growing people uh, and, uh, and helping others to be grafted into the vine. I think it's people work uh, that, uh, that is the fruit that will be born in our lives. Uh, and that's why it says in the second half of the passage, uh, that loving one another is to obey the command of Jesus. So I think it's people work that this is uh, calling us to do. Uh, last question. I heard this week, uh, believing leads to belonging, not belonging to believing. Thoughts? Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. It, it can, in practice, look the other way. But to truly belong to the, to the vine, of course, is to be attached to the vine. Now, in our context, what does that look like? Well, someone can come into a church family without belonging to Jesus just yet, without believing in Jesus just yet. 
and, and find uh, from the word of God that they can be converted and then attached to the vine. But really, the belonging to the real people of God only happens, of course, when the conversion takes place. That's when they really become a member of the people of God uh, at that point. Thanks for your questions. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word to us. Please help us to abide in Jesus, to abide in the vine, to remain in him so that we might bear fruit that will last. Uh, we thank you uh, that, uh, that, that we can love the Lord Jesus only because he first loved us. Uh, please help us to stick closely with him in this world that is sometimes difficult. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to sing our final song and we're going to pray.